0: My name is David Murray. I'm pastor of First Biden Christian Reformed Church and author of a number of books. And you're listening to The Local Youth Worker, podcast by RYM. One, two, one, two,
1: three. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. I am here, as you heard from the tagline, with Dr. David Murray. Uh, David, good to see you again.
0: It's great to see you too, John.
1: Yeah, I I was looking back to be sure you were on episodes 277 and number 312.
0: Well done. Uh, No, that's an achievement. Most podcasts, I was told the average length of a podcast is about four or five episodes.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, lots
0: of people start... (laughs) And lots of people stop.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's yet continuing to go and, and glad to have you back on for a third time. I would love to point people back to those episodes. I know in one of them, we were talking about your book, Reset, and I'll probably reference it again in this episode. That's a book I just have said is a must own. Um, And then in 312, we were talking about your book, uh, Dealing with Anxiety uh, for Teens, um, as well as Parents. Uh, Mm. You wrote a two-volume set there. So um, uh, and something uh, funny, too, I was speaking at the Northeast Youth Ministry Summit about uh, rest and actually referenced your book, Reset. And I noticed as I was speaking, there was a guy out in the congregation, out in the audience, and he kind of smiled and nodded. And it turned out it's it's the youth pastor at your your church, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was so funny. I I was thinking, I'm glad I quoted you well or didn't critique (laughs) you. Yeah, you you
0: criticize me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, Well, I want to talk about uh, the Story Changer devotional series uh, that you've uh, written through Crossway. Um, I've benefited from these personally, and I want to point people to these. Um, and, and I thought let's kind of start big picture though, just kind of talking about devotional life and the devotional life of the Christian, um, letting our listeners know we're recording this in 2023, but Lord willing, this will release in 2024. Uh, so I thought about, uh, joking with you and, and acting like we're wishing each other a happy new year, um, since it'll come out in January, <laughs> but I wasn't going to have you do that. Um, but, but maybe just, um, you know, as many people have these New Year's resolutions to yeah. to get in the Bible. Um, I'd I'd love for you just to kind of talk to us about your devotional life as you became a Christian, a new Christian. I know on the the episode two seventy seven, you you told your testimony, and mm. um, I know you were a bit older when you came to to know the Lord, and so as you were converted and you began, you know, the journey of a Christian. What were kind of the early beginnings of that devotional life? When did you think, okay, I need to begin spending time in in the Word?
0: Yes. So, although it wasn't till my mid twenties, early twenties, I was converted. I was raised in the church and had been raised in a strong Christian tradition, which um, it Christians, you know, often talked about their devotional life and. I knew my parents had that. So when I was saved, a a devotional life wasn't something strange to me. It was something normal. And I hadn't read my Bible probably for, I'm guessing, seven or eight years. Hadn't prayed, apart from when I was in danger or trouble. Uh, So I wasn't looking forward to this daily discipline, this... Um, new requirement, as it were. But what I found was, you know, God had changed my mind. He changed my heart, my desires, my passions, my interests. And when I started trying to read the Bible more regularly, it stopped being an effort. It started being a a, a joy. And prayer, likewise, maybe took a bit longer for me to really begin... Um, to enjoy that but certainly doing it but for me it was my I don't know what you'd say but it was like my bread and water i couldn't I couldn't live without it I knew i'd i'd misused underused so many years of christian teaching being in the church, not listening, not understanding it was like. It feed me, you know, give me instruction, help me to learn this Bible. And the more I did, the more I wanted to know. And therefore, I would say, thankfully, my Christian life got off to a great start in that respect that I knew what to do and I enjoyed doing it. So the discipline was actually a delight. And that that is that carried through, I would say, all of my life, not always with, with the joy and delight I would wish, but it's always been there. And I, even times when it's been difficult and more dutiful, press on, and it becomes a joy again. It may take a while, but for me, there's. I would say it's, it's certainly equal in importance in my life to Sunday worship. I cannot live without daily Bible reading and prayer. I cannot live without my church family and worship.
1: Thank you for sharing that. That that is an awesome testimony of the the Lord's work. And I meant to to preface with this, that um, I think it was Kevin DeYoung. He said, uh, whenever you bring up the Christian's devotional life, uh, usually there's there's guilt and shame, and um, we know it's 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 a struggle for many. And even as you just shared, there have been times where it's a deeper joy, and other times where where it is a struggle. Um, but the Lord giving you that perspective of you're not able to live without it. But but maybe as you you kind of reflect on okay that conversion point in your life to where you are today. Um, how, how have you sought to, to maintain a devotional life? What would have been some of those practices that have been helpful to yep. you? And maybe it is just um, having this perspective and, and praying for that. But, but but what are some things that have uh, helped you maintain this devotional life? Yep.
0: I would say the, the first thing, the most important thing is routine. It's always been my practice to get up. A bit earlier than the household, my family, so that I can have literally a quiet time. <laughs> um, I've tried to, at times, to go straight to Bible reading and prayer, but I found that I just didn't have the energy and the uh, concentration. So now I tend to have a shower, have my breakfast, and then so within half an hour of rising, I am in my Bible, and that is my routine. So every day, half an hour after I awake, when I've been a bit awakened, uh, I start my time of seeking the Lord in his word and prayer. So that's I think that's the first thing. Choose a time and stick to it. I think mm-hmm. from talking to people, the ideal time is early morning before anything else happens in the day. It's really hard to find time outside of that regularly. Um, I know it's harder for some than others, and there'll be periods of time maybe it's not possible, especially for shift workers, but yeah, that's the most important thing. The second thing is having some kind of system. Um, so instead of just opening your Bible and you know reading where it opens, to really try and work through a book. Um, and that can be Old Testament or New Testament in general, what I've tried to do is read through an Old Testament book and a New Testament book at the same time, and sometimes some Psalms as well, but uh, maybe let's just say it's a it's a half-hour total on average. Uh, maybe five minutes in an Old Testament book. It might be 10 verses, 20 verses. Five minutes in a New Testament book, again, you know, 10, 20 verses, and maybe a psalm. And then fifteen minutes of prayer. Now sometimes that's shorter, sometimes it's longer. I would say that's an average. But I also do try and vary it so that that can become very mechanical. Like my wife says to me, "Dave, I don't know how you can like meditate on anything when you do like you know three books of the Bible." Now, of course, I'm a pastor, so you know getting through the Bible is very, very important for me, just to keep aware of the Bible's whole teaching. And and so she's got, but she's got a point, you know. It doesn't leave a lot of time for reflection, meditation. So there are times when I will just, okay, I'm just going to read, you know, ten verses from one book of the Bible, and then the next day another ten, and just be much more meditative and reflective. And and then I'll go back. so it's there's a system to it, but it's not the same all the time. And then there are other times I might use a study Bible just to help me think a bit more deeply and slowly and you know understand the text or get somebody else's thoughts in the text a bit more. not a commentary because there's not enough time to read a lot and I want to keep focused on the Bible not, thoughts on the Bible and therefore I I find a study Bible ideal for that. It's just enough but not too much to overshadow the text of the Bible. So same time I try and do it the same place my my brain likes that kind of habit. Um, Having a system but not a rigid one that you know you stick to for years and years and years. I think you need to freshen things up again and then just some some helpful prompts from an outside source can just help you along especially when you're feeling tired or dull spiritually.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that now that's that's so helpful and what would affirm everything you just said and it seemed like even even in that like you said having a structure in place but then also recognizing you know there's seasons of life where maybe we are uh, more weary, maybe we are battling an, an illness or something relationally going on, and so there's some flexibility in in there as well. And and really, I, I think your devotional series kind of helps with some of that flexibility that I'll, I'll get into uh, in a little bit. I, I know we're we're about to take a break, but any other maybe well so, something that's been unhelpful through the years, something that you started out thinking, okay, this would be helpful, but no, it has proved otherwise or other distractions, yeah. anything else that you right. might, yeah. might say is unhelpful.
0: Yeah, just before going to into that, John, I think you do raise a very important point there about just knowing your time of life as well. You know, when, say, you're a young mother, uh, you've got kids to go out the door first thing in the morning. It might be, and I've heard a lot of mothers say this, the best time for them is that half hour or so When the house goes quiet and (laughs) uh, they now have a bit of just, you know, take a deep breath. So know your time of life and adapt to that. Things not helpful. Yeah, I found a few things. Maybe most of all, um, making the mistake of using a digital device for devotions, especially one that uh, might beep and ping. But even without (laughs) that, because it's early morning and I don't tend to get notifications that early, um, you've still got the temptation there. You know, when I, you come to a hard passage or you're tired, man, it's so easy just to flip on social media or internet or anything, Instagram, cool. YouTube. So i found, and, and I, I don't stick to this rigidly, you know, if I'm away and I've just got my phone with me, I'll, I'll use my phone. But I think as a rule, um, especially if you are distractible to try and avoid a digital device that could be a distraction or a battle to stop distraction. You know, When you've got a paper Bible in your hand, you can only be distracted by another Bible book or Bible page. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, another thing, what was I thinking of? Yeah, so I've also tried uh, devotionals, uh, but what I found was that... Um, a lot of devotionals don't have a lot of Bible in them. so you mm. get a lot of commentary. You might get one verse you know at the top of the page and then a page of you know thoughts and illustrations and stories and I think that can be a useful entry you know to help people into Bible reading, but there is something uniquely powerful about direct exposure to the Word of God. Unmediated uh, and uncluttered by someone else's thoughts, and I'm saying that as someone who has now written some devotionals. Okay, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but absolutely, as we'll we'll talk in just a bit. I mean, it, they're saturated with scripture and really help the the reader get into the actual text of, of scripture. But I'm I'm really glad you're bringing up the the, the devices um, in the midst of devotion because as we would both say there are plenty of helpful, um, apps, podcasts, things that where people can use an electronic device, but I, I, there's nothing like holding a paper Bible and just being in in the word and again, minimizing distractions. I'm I'm really glad you're, you're bringing that up. Um, so look, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll, we'll talk more just about devotions, big picture, but also zoom in on, on your devotional series as well. Sure. All right, everyone. I'm back here with uh, Dr. David Murray. Uh, We're talking about the devotional life of a Christian, and uh, we're going to zoom in on your devotional series uh, called the the Story Changer devotional series. It's through Crossway. I'll have links to this in in the show notes. Um, David, I reached out to you because I I just finished uh, your Luke entry in this devotional series, and um, I've just started the, the Proverbs entry. Um, but first, I wanted to ask, okay, Story Changer. Um, why did you entitle this mm-hmm. Story Changer? What, what do you mean by Story Changer? Just right. tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yes. Um, I wrote a book called The Story Changer, which was a, an introduction to Christianity. I hoped it would be a book that people could use to share with their friends and it really presents Jesus as the story changer, the one who changes our stories with his story. And it combines really the great, two great passions of my heart. One is the story of God and um, the, the Bible narrative and practical theology, change, transformation. And they always go together. Um, you You mustn't read the Bible just as an academic exercise, but you know, aiming for change but you can't change without the bible so i wrote that brief book based upon the whole idea of jesus as a story changer and then i thought well maybe i should maybe i should try and show how this works in practice and it actually came about at the time of covid and um the the congregation i was involved with at the time uh, obviously, couldn't worship at least for a couple of months, and so I started just doing some audio devotionals for them, so that the whole church could be still hearing the Bible together, as it were. and And people liked them; they they thought they you know the sh- brevity of them, simplicity of them, getting them into the Bible text. And so I thought, well, maybe maybe I could use this as a way of showing how God's story is so. A transformative of our own stories. And started with, I think, yeah, it was Luke. And, you know, maybe 10 verses at a time, on average, worked my way through that book. Not dealing with every passage, but most of them. And uh, trying to help people see the structure of the passage, the message of the passage, uh, trying to make it practical so that, you know, they have something to do at the end of it. Question to answer, or something like that. A prayer, uh, trying to make the language very simple, uh, but the main aim was to get people into the text of the Bible. Not a, uh, devotionals can sometimes be a way of actually having less of the Bible um, and and more of human words on the Bible. And so, the great the thought, the thought that I had in my mind all the time was, what are the. Um, minimum number of human words required to get God's word into people's minds and hearts in a way that they can understand and practice. And hopefully showing them how, you know, so much of God's story is relevant to our lives and has a practical impact upon us. Mm,
1: Yeah. And and, uh, I mean, just to, to, highlight that. I mean, so yeah, the beginning of each entry, you have the scripture passage, um, you know, stated for people to open up and read, but then even in your commentary, you're quoting that passage back in so many ways. So it's, yeah, very much, um, just saturated with with scripture. And one thing I feel like you do in these devotions is you you remove the obstacle of, you know, busyness, I think is, uh, you know, a major reason why people can struggle, obviously, to have a devotional life. And you could probably read these in five to 10 minutes, but at the same time, you, you really foster meditation and reflection. And so if someone has more than five or 10 minutes, they're able to to sit with it more for 30 minutes or so. So it's really, I mean, in my opinion, flexible mm-hmm. on how people can use it. And so maybe talk just a little bit about the length of these devotions and kind of your thinking behind that.
0: Yeah, I think I think you put it better than I could put it, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my aim was that it could be done in five minutes. Each one is about seven hundred and fifty words, and it's—I mm-hmm. think it's structured in a way. It's not like a big block of text, but it's broken up, and—and and yet, yes, you would hope that that five minutes spent. That there's enough meat there to help someone chew on it for a bit longer, as as long as they like, really. But my passion was really to help young Christians, young people as well as young Christians, um, see how doable Bible reading is, and I would hope eventually, you know, my devotionals will not be needed. Uh, that they will have developed just by seeing how I have dealt with the text, interacted with the text, tried to explain the text, and it's the same kind of system in each one, that that will develop in them a, a, a mind, a worldview, a framework for their own Bible reading. That Because I think that is the most powerful thing in all the world, like a person sitting down with the Word of God alone and God and just interacting with God, listening to God, speaking to God with that word. That is the power of God unto salvation and every other good thing. Uh, but yes, sometimes you'll need some helps to, you know, get that going. And and as I said earlier, you might do that for, you know, six months, but then bring in a devotional and, you know, rekindle that fire, just get that extra help and move on again.
1: Mhm yeah and and well one thing that really just um yeah stood out to me from from these devotions is the closing prayer that you have in every devotional entry um I don't think you use the same title for God once there's always a unique title in, in and how you're addressing the lord and obviously it typically ties into the main theme of the, the devotional but i just think that's you know, so often, I mean, we think of scripture talking about using empty phrases Mm -hmm. and how we can Mm -hmm. just pray the same title and we're not even thinking of how we're addressing God. And so I really appreciate that, but, but I'd love for you to talk about the importance of prayer Mm -hmm. in the devotional Mm -hmm. life that we can think of, okay, Bible reading, we just open it up and we read, um, but, but not thinking, you know, prayer where we're going through a list of prayer requests, but Mm -hmm. how would you like to, I mean, how would you encourage a Christian to engage in the gift of prayer while they're actually interacting with the text, maybe some words there.
0: Yeah, that is, uh, to me, that's the uh, that's a uh, I don't know what the word is. It's that's where the gold is in prayer. It's in the Bible. Uh, so that little short prayer at the end of each devotional, that as you say, has that variety, always related to what has been read and studied. I was, I'm hoping that that will show people this is how to, as it were, pray the Bible. You know, that great phrase of Don Whitney and that wonderful little book he's got, Praying the Bible, it's showing how it's not like Bible reading is one thing over here and then prayer is over here and that's another thing entirely. It's something that should flow out of the Bible. And again, hopefully, as people see that pattern, and see how easy actually it is that they will begin to pray the Bible themselves, that they will take the what they've learned about God themselves, their world, and translate that into a prayer. And, and in doing so, you will massively increase the variety in your prayer. The staleness, sameness will you know wash away if. Because the word is so varied, and the text is so varied, and the message is so varied that if we let that flow into our into our minds and hearts, it should naturally uh, provoke uh, more original, unique words, ideas that honor God and that are really good for us to make us thoughtful in our prayers.
1: No, that, that's very good, and look, I've, I've got. A lot more questions down, but I know you've got a meeting in just a little bit, and so you're going to need to jump off. I did think maybe a good place to to land this. Um, Yeah, you know, we're talking big picture devotional, kind of applying it across the board to to many, but maybe we could speak specifically to those in ministry a minute. Um, Those who teach from the Bible consistently, those who preach from the Bible, it can become a textbook to them. What, what's some encouragement you would give to those who might be struggling to be refreshed in the Bible because they often are teaching from it. it's their It's their job in, in many ways. Maybe just some, some thoughts there.
0: Yes, it's something I, I have to battle myself, John, as well. And in fact, when I was teaching at the seminary, I actually found it harder there because it was a more academic environment and the Bible was even more sort of like a work book. Since I've returned to pastoral ministry, I don't struggle so much because I'm facing people, you would say ordinary people with everyday problems. It's a lot more realistic. It's a lot more demanding. And I'm much more needy in this role as well. And so i would I would say that pastors, while we do have that handicap of this book being our work as well, I think our work should drive us to the book and to prayer as but that only happens if we're interacting with people. I find my own prayer life very much is up and down depending on my own need and my sense of need and therefore, If in ministry we are interacting with people, we're counseling, we're helping, we're doing marriages and funerals and whatnot, then I think bringing all that back to God in prayer is a wonderful way of making our work a help rather than a hindrance and going to the Bible for answers to real life problems rather than you know creating a sermon just making sermons out of this book so I, i i think while we have disadvantages we also have advantages and i think the key is to be in other people's lives and problems and that should really motivate us yeah we need this book and we need prayer
1: Yes, amen to that. Um, Well, I want to remind our listeners that the title of the devotional series is the Story Changer series. You have an entry on Luke, Exodus, Proverbs, Timothy and Titus, Philippians, Colossians, uh, the first 50 Psalms. Thank you for putting this together. Thank you for making the time. As I said, I know you've got another meeting you, you need to get to, but I really appreciate you uh, writing these uh, for God's church, but then taking the time to, to talk to us today.
0: Thank you so much, John. I always love chatting with you. I really appreciate you and your ministry, and hopefully we'll get a chance to meet someday.
1: Yes, absolutely. It'd be good to see each other in person, yeah. but thanks again.
0: Thank you.